It's time for another episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my company, Blue Spruce Holdings, who finds passive investment opportunities for accredited investors. For more information, go to realbluespruce.com. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the, the one and only Creative Real Estate Podcast with your host, Adam A. Adams. I'm your win-win maker. I'm the one who's going to help you get from your three doors to your 23 doors or from your 3,000 doors to your 23,000 doors. And if that sounds too big, you need to keep listening because we're going to make sure that you get there. It's all about mindset. It's all what's in between the ears. And that's exactly what we're going to learn today from Corey Peterson, none other than the Kahuna himself. How are you today, Corey? Man, I'm doing wonderful, brother. Awesome. And a little bit about Corey Peterson is he has the Kahuna Investments Company where he buys large multifamily. So if you want to buy large multifamily, you're going to learn a ton today. It's a lot about raising money, which is one thing that he's very, very good at. So definitely going to bring Corey to teach you how to raise money at the Raising Money Summit 2019. Go to RaisingMoneySummit.com and you can buy your ticket now. They're cheap. The tickets, I mean, we're not trying to make a, a million dollars off hosting these. We're trying to help people. A uh, little bit more about Corey. He also has Kahuna Wealth Builder. So this is where he teaches and educates people to do exactly what he's doing, to raise money from others, to be able to actually go into these large apartment buildings so that you can go from your 3,000 doors to your 23,000 doors uh, by listening to what Corey has to say. And he also has a podcast. It's called the Multifamily Legacy Podcast which is uh, very interesting because at the last Raising Money Summit, I wore a legacy t-shirt under my suit jacket because legacy is something that's very important to me. And if it's important to you, you probably want to go and subscribe to his podcast where he teaches you how to build a legacy for your family for years to come through multifamily real estate investing. So with that said, Corey, let's just fill in the background that I missed. Tell us a little bit about you and how you came to be who you are. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on the show, by the way. Um, you know, I started off as a country farm boy um, with lots of dreams. And um, uh, here's the thing, though. I was not voted most likely to succeed. Uh, I barely made it out of high school. Um, thanks to Kevin Heinfeld in math class. Uh, you know, I copied a lot of my, uh, my homework from Kevin, unfortunately. But what I found in my adult life was copying is probably one of my greatest gifts and I've always tried to seek people way smarter than I am. And it's been a wonderful journey. So I, I didn't get the download from the mothership till I was 30 years old, 30, 32. And um, I found this wonderful thing called real estate. And uh, what happened was my mom has, was married to this guy named Bruce. Now I like to call him Bruce Wayne. He's not Batman, but he was loaded. And uh, he actually had a home in Hawaii. And so I got invited to go to Hawaii. I'm like, oh, of course. I got to bring my girlfriend, now my wife of 17 years. And we get there, and he's got a home right on the beach. I mean, right on, you go over the berm, your, your toes are in the water. You walk this cove. There's a river that comes from the mountains. I mean, it was magical. And I remember watching the sun come up in Hawaii and, like, it was like the, the scales from my eyes fell down and I looked over and I saw his house and I was like, what does this guy do? 
because he had the two things that most of us all dream about, which is time and money. And um, so I finally got enough courage to ask him, and guess what he said he did? I'm going to guess real estate. Yeah. Amen, brother. Right answer. And he also said specifically apartments, right? And so now, um, unfortunately, he was a kind of a prick. And so I left there, uh, but I still, he was never going to teach me how to do real estate. But I left the island thinking, man, this guy is the big kahuna. And um, so, and then I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, six months after that trip. And that changed everything. I was like all the light bulbs. I'm like, oh gosh, that's what Bruce is. He's a real estate investor. And um, I started on the journey and I started off as a wholesaler. Um, and then I learned something magical. Uh, I discovered how to raise OPM, other people's money. And by, by, and I did it by accident. I totally did it by accident. And once I got good at that, I started, and I was doing single family fix and flips. So I started off as a whole wholesaler, learned how to raise private money, started to do more, or, uh, single family homes, got in, uh, in, in Phoenix in like 2010, 11, we started doing like five or six projects a month. Um, I had three or four, $5 million on the street, um, raising lots of money. And, um, then I came to my next hurdle, which was um, I was a slave to my job, right? I started, I actually screwed up a lot. And, um, and we'll talk, we can talk about that. I want to give you the short version. But from there, um, you know, I, I found multifamily. And, um, and I've been doing multifamily ever since. And I can tell you that the real wealth is in the multifamily units, right? Because you can get paid time and time again for work done one time. Love it. All right. So I've got a few questions that I want to ask you. Um, and m most of them are short. So what year was your first wholesale? Uh, gosh, 2009. What year was your first multifamily? 2011. Awesome. Love it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So you started uh, raising money with single family. You, after doing wholesaling, you started raising money with single family. Yep. And then you moved to multifamily. And my question is, what did you see that was different about raising money for single family versus multifamily? What parts were easier? What parts were harder? It, um, great question. The easier part is with single family is that it's just secured with deed and trust, note and deed of trust, security, collateral, right? But the real honest reason, uh, it's not as difficult as you thought. I transitioned my money easily. And just because capital... Listen, they, at the end of the day, they don't really care about the deal so much, truly. Once you've established a relationship, um, capital will follow you. Um, it doesn't follow the deal per se. Um, you know, there was a time when once I had a good relationship with my money, I never, we didn't even tell them about the deal so much as it is, hey, listen, I need you to wire $150,000 for this next deal. And they're like, great. Yeah, no problem. Done. And, and that's what I've always, I've, I've focused my raising capital on relationships. When we talk about things other than money and deals, that's really what I learned how to do is I started learning how to create relationships by talking about something other than, you know, real estate. And by doing that, I really started to get really good relationships with these people and I would make notes. And by making those notes in my contact records, and so when I called them, my open was never about a deal or about real estate. It was always about your kids or the things that were really more important to you than money. 
Yes. I love it. And it was, so I raise money and I'm not terrible at it. What you just told me a moment ago is something that gave me an aha moment. Okay. And, and it answered a question that I was about to ask. My question was going to be, how do you get good at raising OPM? You mentioned how you're good at raising OPM and I was, and I was going to be like, well, what are you doing differently? And I think we have our answer. It is that quote, capital follows you, not the deal. And the other quote, it's about relationships. Okay. Capital follows you, not the deal. It's about relationships. And you started out by asking people, people instead of why are you here today at this real estate event or, or what do you do for business? You actually instead ask, what do you do for fun? And it's a really good way to build on a real relationship between somebody. And so I'm hoping that any listener who really wants to raise capital uh, doubles down on what you just said and because that is really worth its weight in gold or, or more. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely appreciate you sharing that. Let me ask you this. What made you decide in the first place that you are going to start your own uh, real estate education company You've, you've seen a lot of other educate, educators out there. You know some of them are very valuable and some of them are or not. What was your driving factor for starting your own multifamily education company? I think you get to a point or level in your success. Now, I also believe this. I believe, and I've done this my entire career in real estate, I've always taught what I knew. And so I, you know, via like when I was doing single families, it was just a local RIA, right? I've always taught what I knew. So I'm a, I'm a teacher uh, in one aspect. I've always been a teacher. Teach what you know to anybody. There's always someone farther down the rung than you are, right? And then I've always been a mentor or not a mentor, but a, a student. And I just did it in a bigger way. Really, all I've done is in a bigger way. So I, I really got intentional because money does not motivate me anymore. I make enough of it. I got plenty of money. Um, I want to make a difference. And I started from nothing. I mean, I started, when I say nothing, I mean, I mean ab, a poor country farm boy with nothing. And I wish I, and I just want to make it a shorter path for people. I love it. I very much appreciate it. And what other wisdom do you naturally have right now that you'd like to share with the listener? Um, we'll go back to raising private money because I, I almost feel like that's always my biggest give is that you never, in the beginning, in the beginning of your, and you're trying to raise money, you never ask people for money. You only ask them, who do you know? And I, I did that by accident. Here's a, can I, I'll tell this quick story. I used to be a financial advisor. So I was series seven and series 66 license, sold stocks, bonds, mutual funds, right? One of my old clients, when I, I actually got fired from that job because the market crashed and I hated it. And so one of my old clients, um, he didn't have any extra money that I knew of. And I played racquetball with him every Thursday. And so he, he's watching me wholesaling. And I came to him with a problem. Was like, hey, listen, I'm making $3,000 as a wholesale fee. But the guys that I'm doing all the work for on the rehabs, they're making twenty five to 30000 bucks. And I want to do that, right? And I go, Carl, you live in a retirement community. Surely you know of someone in that community that has some extra money, some lazy money. I can give them a note and deed of trust. And I am asking you for your help. 
And so he's like, right, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Well, the next day, Carl calls me. And Carl's like, hey, Corey, um, do you still want to do that 12% and no deed of trust thing? And I was like, and in the back of my mind, I was like, man, Carl found somebody. And Carl's like, hey, Corey, well, you don't know this, but my home is totally paid for, and I can borrow money at 3%. If you give me 12, I make a spread. How much do you need? Now, it was at that moment that I had to gather everything that I was, you know, and, I, and then I confidently said, Carl, I need $85,000. And Carl was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, where do you want me to send it? And just like that, I mean, my jaw hit the ground, and I didn't even have the answer. I was like, uh, uh, hold on, Carl. I never thought that far ahead. Let me call my title company, and we'll find out where you need to send this money to how I need to do it properly. But uh, I always say and what happened in that moment, all my limiting beliefs um, about myself and, you know, am I worthy to raise money? Will people give me money? Um, they went out the door. And I always like to say it was like, Clark Kent going into the phone booth and I spun around and I come out like Superman and it was game over ever since then. Right. And when you do that, you take all the pressure off. I wasn't asking Carl for his money. I was asking if he knew anybody. And then what I believe is the right people will always self-select just like Carl self-selected. said, Corey, what about me? You didn't ask me. Well, of course I'll take your money, Carl. You know, and I, I want to offer an alternate opinion on on that one thing um, and just have a dialogue back and forth about it um, because I've always uh, been a very direct person. I've always been extremely direct. And if I thought in my mind that I wanted you to invest in my deal, I would probably want to specifically go straight to you and say, you got to be a part of this, you know, because of this reason. And so what I'm saying is I've been taught the same question at other real estate things that I've done. Uh, we, you and I both did RE Mentor. I also did um, a, a tax lien and tax deed. And both times the coach and the mentor said, this is the way you say it is who do you know? And uh, so I just want to share like what I've always thought about that is I think that some of the people that you say, who do you know, might read into it that you really mean them. And so that's why I've been afraid to say, who do you know? I've just been like, okay, well, hey, you should do this. I mean, I, I go both ways. So like nowadays, like when I, but when I was first starting, I was, I always pitched it like this. Listen, I think, you know, lots of people, the reason I'm talking to you is I think you have lots of influence. I would say it like that, not who do you know. My, I think you got lots of influence, right? And I want to share with you what I'm doing because I really feel it's important that you know what I'm doing. And so you could feel real comfortable, um, you know, giving me your friends and people that you work with. So I start trying to formulate who I'm thinking of in, in my deal. And then I'll ask you what, I, what I'm really asking you to do is to critically look at my thing here. My, my pitch, right? And tell me if you see any holes in it. You know, after I go through that whole process, what I, in my mind, I've always felt like I'm trying to get them to critically look and pay attention, right? Their brain's working differently and they're open to it. A lot of times if I say, hey, I think this is really to you and they're not ready, they're just thinking negatively the whole time. I don't want, I don't want them to think negatively. I want them to think critically. 
right? Um, now, as I've gotten, now when I meet people with money, we're talking about the money, right? Um, so I would say in the beginning, I was more, um, and it, it was a good practice to where like, hey, listen, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I think. I think it's a good way to start, but you got to, you got to do it. And it's not a, who do you know? Cause that's, that's so overused. Right. But I think you have lots of influence. I think, you know, people, people will be like, well, yeah, I think I know a couple people. Right. Mm-hmm. And that approach has always worked for me. Okay. So, but, I, but I'm the same way. Like when I'm meeting somebody now, I'm like, well, we're going to do this deal. Cause I think this is the right thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. So with that said, um, as we talk about raising equity and bringing deals to folks, do you feel that because you have more of a track record right now, like your track record is set, are you still going to people and literally saying like, hey, let me show you what I'm doing and, and let me show you so you could maybe poke some holes in it? Or because you have been doing this for so long, are you are you now skipping the part where here look at this critically and poke holes in it since it's already at a position where you're should be confident that there are no holes yes exactly so at, when i first started it's look at this poke some holes in it now i'm the authority right yep. so it's absolutely authority and i call it a credibility piece so i have a a marketing packet that i or a credibility packet that i've put together and when I'm meeting money for the first time, so people that I don't know, and uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't have a, a accredited investor form filled out. I bring my marketing, my, my credibility piece, and it's really just saying, "Here's our process. Here's what we do. Here's what I've done, right? And and would you like to know more about uh, you know specific deals that when we have them available? If they say yes, great. We're having them fill out an accredited investor form, and now they're in our queue. Okay, which brings me to my last real question that I already wanted to ask you. And when you're raising money for your deals, I heard from my attorney, Gene Trowbridge and Jillian Sidoti, that they said- They're mine as well. Oh, great, great. Love those guys. They were at the last Raising Money Summit. They'll be at the next one as well. So you'll, 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 we'll all be together. Um, so I asked, they mentioned that it was something like 94% of- and I, I might be using the wrong number, but it was almost 100% of the offerings for multifamily was done through the 506B, that's the buddies for the listener. That means these are people that you already had a relationship with versus, you know, the other percent, let's call it 6% of 100 are done as 506C accredited. These are the ones where you can advertise to the community. Um, so you've mentioned, Corey, um, twice that you have an accredited investor form. So my question is, are you doing more of the 506B or 506C offerings? Always 506B. We use the accredited investor form to establish whether they are accredited or non-accredited, right? So if they're non-accredited, that's fine, right? I just need them to check so. And then, so it's not so much a good enough just to have a relationship with somebody. It's like, hey, if I knew you really well as a friend, that's great, but that's not what the SEC is looking at. They're wanting to know if I have a substantive uh, relationship with you in a financial matter. In other words, so if you're not accredited, uh, not an accredited investor, we have a next part B, which is, are you sophisticated? 
what have you done? And there's a, it's a questionnaire. And so we will actually go through that questionnaire and determine your level of sophistication and ask you financial questions. Now we can say we have a substantive relationship with you based on asking financial questions to see if you're suitable for potential deals or not. Brilliant. That's, that's, that's a long way to do it, but it's the proper way to do it. And when you do it correctly, I mean, it opens up the world. And, and so then it really, you know, we don't, we don't advertise. We never advertise any of our deals, but we have um, a big network and people love to bring their friends in. And that's where I get most of my money now is from referrals. Great. Thank you for going into that. Uh, so far, we've learned quite a bit of really interesting and amazing things from you. I love that the that you said the that the money follows you, not the deal. Like that's something that's going to stick with me forever. I'll always remember Corey Peterson's the one who taught me that. We'll take a short break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back with the final five. As you know, the annual Best Ever Conference is coming up on February twenty second and twenty third, and I want to see you there and I'll be one of the speakers. This is the third annual Best Ever Conference and it's worth it for your business to come. Got a huge discount for you to use. It's hashtag Blue Spruce. Go to besteverconference.com and use my promo code hashtag Blue Spruce to get 25% off. Corey Peterson, what is the most creative deal you've ever done? The most creative deal that I ever done is when I didn't have a deal and, but I had money, I had money lined up and I went to a multifamily investor room and I stood up in the back of the room. I said, Hey, listen, I've got a crap ton of money and I'm looking for some deals. Is there any deals out there? And for the rest of the week, I didn't buy lunch or dinner and everybody pitched their deal to me. And I found a deal that I bought for 3.2 million, um, raised $1.4 million and I sold it five years later for eight point eight million bucks holy cow okay so 3.2 you raised 1.5 1.4 okay 1.4 you sold it for 8.8 that's insane (laughs) what did you hold on Corey? you didn't just buy this and just like raise expense raise uh rents and lower expenses you had to have put some money into this half a million bucks that's it yeah. Oh my gosh. So more than doubled the money. So those investors, what did they own? 70% of the deal? Never, bro. <laughs> Never. Uh, 60, 30, 50, 20? Like 40. Okay. Okay. I, I do it in Corey's favor all the time. Okay. Got it. All right. So, so they practically, that's, that's amazing. Good job. I, I made about that. two and a half million bucks profit for Corey Peterson. That's fantastic. Like my, my real profit for me. Uh, very, very creative uh, style to just tell everybody that you've, you've got the money. But let me ask you this. Um, you raised 1.4 and you knew that you had some ready to go. But, the, but my real question is, did, was it still difficult to raise that 1.4 for that deal? Yes. It's always been difficult to raise money for every deal. Like every time you go to a deal, there's a certain amount of angst that like, even now, I'm, I'm closing a deal December 21st, right? I'm raising money. I raised 4.6 million bucks for it. And even now, um, I, you know, it's a stress level, right? Until all the money's in, until the last money's collected, Corey is constantly making sure he's working to get it in, right? Yeah. But it always comes in. It always has. 
And it's crazy. Sometimes you, like I, I did this deal not even knowing, I had a, I, some ideas where some of the money was, but it's, I just did two deals in front of it. I did a $1.8 million raise and a $3.6 million raise. And now I'm doing a $4.6 million raise. And all within about four months of each other, right? So it's like, boom, 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 boom. And this is my last one. And, um, you know, it's always been that way. It's always a little bit stressful. Um, but I always say just trust in yourself and trust in, make sure you have a good deal. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I notice about you and anyone who's successful at something is you have decided to take on this deal where you needed to raise over $4 million. You've, you've decided to go ahead and, and buy it. However, you didn't know where the money was coming from. So other people would have said, people that are not in the top 1% of, of success would have said, well, darn, I can't do a you know, $20 million property because I don't know where 4.6 is going to come from. But what I want to train the listener for getting involved in the success is Corey instead said, I don't know where the 4.6 is going to come from, but how can I? And you went ahead and tackled it and uh, it closes in a couple of days and you'll, you'll have it all that you need. Very, very uh, impactful. Thank you. And what is a book you recommend? Um, I recommend The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, it's one of my favorite books. A tenth of everything I make is mine to keep. Um, is learning how to be a good money manager yourself. Great. And where were you five years ago? Let's talk a little bit about what that looked like at the very beginning of 2014. Seven years ago, um, I was at the point of feeling like a failure right? I was very successful, okay, doing fix and flip uh, types of properties, doing three or four or five, well, about five or six a month. But it came at the expense of my family. And there was a day when my son looked at me and said, Dad, are you going to be there tomorrow, Saturday for my game? And I said, son, you can count on me. And, but inside, like Saturday morning, I've got to go, I still got to go look at three properties, I, you know, my rehab projects. So I wake up early in the morning and long story short, I missed my son's game. I came at the very end and he saw me come and the game was over. He started running to me and he started crying and he said, you're promised dad. And I get emotional telling the story because I mean, it broke my heart. It absolutely what to watch your kid to put his head in your, your chest and he's, <laughs> you know, and, and dude, I, I felt, like a failure in the, in the world's eyes, I looked like a success at that moment. It was the lowest moment in my entire life. And I dropped my son off and I got in my car and I drove around and I, I begged God for forgiveness to forgive me for being, for putting success in front of my family. And in that broken state in the calmness. And when I finally found an, so, Basically, I forgave myself and asked God to forgive me as well. In that broken state of quietness, I drove past an apartment complex, and I've driven past it a million times before. But that time, I, I did it, and I thought of Bruce. I thought of Bruce Wayne, time and money. And it was like something, it was like a big wave came crashing through, and it was like apartments, Corey, apartments, cash flow. That was the life. life. Bruce had time and money. And I knew right then that it was his way. And, and for the first time, I asked myself, how can I? 
And when I said, how can I, how can I own an apartment? My brain went to work and started solving for the problem. And that changed everything. Love it. Thank you. Where will you be five years from today? I'll be doing exactly what I'm doing now because I love it. I will be um, still buying properties three or four years is a great pace for me. Um, I'll still be educating and I will probably do this life that I'm living now till the day I die. I don't, I don't think I'll do anything different. I'll, I'll keep doing, going on great vacations with my family. Um, and I will continue to educate and uh, do all the things that I love what I'm doing now. How, how do you give back? I love to give back to, honestly, to my friends and my family. So, um, so I'm all about family. Like right now, every deal that I do, I give 5% ownership to one of my family members, right? That's, I, I want to, I want to make sure that they are set up so we can go on vacations together, right? Where I don't have to pay because it feels weird when you pay, like it's in your family's eyes, right? And then for my, for my friends, um, and, and really, and give back to church. So I, I give back to church and, and charities and, and all those types of, I'm a charitable guy, but I think I'm most impactful in giving experiences. And I have a new slogan, and it's called the supplier of fun. And that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to be able to give the people that I care about experiences and, um, and fun and, and go out and be able to, like, I just took five of my neighbors to Hawaii. They've never been. And, um, and I still live in the same house that I, I mean, I don't live in the Taj Mahal, my friends. I, I live a simple life and um, I'll earn my whole neighborhood, but I don't care, right? Who am I? But that's how I get to impact people. And it's fun. Thank you. And for the listener, if you want to connect with the Kahuna Wealth Builder, go to kahunawealthbuilders.com. I'm saying that right, right? It yep. has the ass and everything. KahunaWealthBuilders.com. That's where you could find the podcast. You'd also be able to find his coaching platform. And that's where you can go to connect with Corey Peterson. C-O-R-E-Y Corey Peterson. And uh, Corey, any parting advice before I let you go, my friend? You know, just this, that your mind is the most powerful tool that you own right? It really is. And, you know, the day that I made the commitment in my mind that I was going to be a successful real estate uh, and that I would do, and, and I would burn every bridge behind me and I would never give up and I would never quit. That is when my success started to show up and it's been a journey and I've been on it ever since and I've never regretted that decision. Love it. The power Thank of you. your mind is everything. It, it absolutely is. I'm on the podcast, I try to share that in, in any time that I do my own podcast when it's not an interview. It happens to be all about mindset because I feel like that's where most people go wrong is that they're, they're training themselves. You just said something. You just said the mind is a very, very powerful thing. And what I believe that m many people, the 99% are doing is that they have a story that they tell themselves every day why they're not there yet. What is holding them back? And, and, and it's an excuse and it, and it definitely helps them to feel better about staying stagnant and not taking the leap. But when you do what Corey Peterson just said, and if you just burn your bridges and say, this is happening and that you stop 
giving yourself the excuse, that's when you're really going to be earning in the top 1% of your neighborhood or whatever it is that you do. So Corey, I got a lot of value out of discussing these things with you today. And I think that the listener did. Again, that's kahunawealthbuilders.com. He's got a coaching platform. He's a great person to hang out with. He's very down to earth when you go in and chat with him. I hope to see you buy your ticket at raisingmoneysummit.com right now to see Corey in person on October 3rd, 4th, and 5th, 2019. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Hey, it's Adam Adamson. I'm really grateful to have you as a loyal listener of the show. It is disclaimer time, and there is four things that need to be said. And number one, we're not attorneys or CPAs, so please consult your own professional advisors. Number two, any investment opportunity that is discussed on this show is for accredited investors only. And if you would like to be a part of one, my contact information is in the show notes. Number three, if you love this content, all I ask is that you show us by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. And number four, the best ever conference is coming up. It's on February 22nd and 23rd. The price is changing every single week. So don't wait to get your tickets. Go grab them right now. Go to besteverconference.com and then put in the hashtag blue spruce.